Andrea and kind of what God has done here and follow the story of what God is doing in Hope City and in your congregation. And so I want to say, man, it is a huge privilege and an honor to be here, um, and especially on a special day like this where we get to honor Jason and Andrea, some dear friends and some people that um, I have a great deal of respect for, not only as individuals, but as leaders and pastors. Um, and I know we've already done it once, but can we give honor where honors do and just let them know one more time? how much we love them and appreciate them. Um, I I have known Jason for quite a while. We have some great stories. I I, I shared a couple of them in the first service. Um, A couple of them that go down in infamy, I think. Um, Jason is the first and only person that I have, and you guys will understand this, uh, first and only person that I've ever played 45 holes of golf with in one day. Mind you, we were kids without a cart, so we walked 45 holes of golf in one day. Um, the other great story, we were just kind of laughing about it in between services. Um, Jason and Jeremy had invited myself and one of our best friends who you guys have had the opportunity to meet, uh, missionary Johnny Moore, if you know him. Uh, so we're spending the night. Their house had recently had beautiful sod put in. It's about the color of this carpet. Um, And it's pouring down rain, and we thought it would be a great idea to go outside and play tackle football on brand new sod and just tore it to pieces. And all I can remember about that day is his dad, Bill, stepping outside and just being like, boys, need you to come inside. And that's all I can remember after that point. But a lot of great stories. If you want him to tell you the story, just ask about the electric bed. I'll just leave it at that. Won't go into any more details. That's a youth camp story that'll get us both in trouble um, but anyways, lots of fun stories, a lot of great um, just memories through the years, and uh, just proud to have the opportunity to be here on Pastor's Appreciation Day. Um, and as I was thinking about what I might share um, as it pertains to Pastor's Appreciation Day, um, I was just kind of praying and thinking about what I would like to talk about and what I would like to share with you. Um, there was one word that kind of just kept coming back to my spirit and coming back to my mind, and that is the word honor. Because when you think about the word appreciation, a lot of times it is a singular act or it is something that we do to show appreciation, which we need to do that to people in our lives that we love and we kind of hold in high esteem or or, are important to us. Um, But honor is kind of more of a, a lifestyle or a practice of holding someone in continual high regard or, or honoring them. And, and so I want to talk to you a little bit this morning about honor. The word appreciation is only found in the Bible, um, in the original Greek language, less than four or five times, really. But the word honor is found over 120 times in both the Old Testament and the New Testament. So you, there is really kind of this biblical thread of honor that we see in the way that we're supposed to honor God and honor people and honor authority and leaders in our lives. And uh, so I want to talk with you a little bit this morning about that, maybe encourage you with something. Uh, But before we get into the Word, can we pray together? Can we do that? Um, Lord, we are so thankful for today. God, thankful for the opportunity to um, have a day like today where we get to come and celebrate all the things that you're doing um, at Hope City through the life um, and leadership of Pastor Jason and Andrea. Um, God, but I pray that this morning you would open our hearts, God, and our spiritual ears and our minds, God, to some truths of your scripture. 
God, and I pray that maybe something I say today would encourage somebody to live a life in a way that is honoring to you and honoring to people around them. God, I pray that my words would be your words and that uh, my thoughts would be your thoughts this morning. And I pray that you would encourage all of us through your scripture. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So living a life of honor. You know, we live in a world that is really kind of just marked with self-promotion and personal gain, instant gratification. Um, and, and for many people, the concept of honor seems really outdated or kind of um, something that we don't necessarily do too much. Um, but from a scriptural biblical standpoint, as Christians, um, it's something that we are called to do. It's something that we are called to do to the people around us, the people in our church, people in our community. Um, Peter is writing to a group of believers, and he's encouraging them in some things in 1 Peter. And in the middle part of chapter 2, um, he begins to admonish them to submit to authority and honor authority. And he kind of goes through a couple verses there. I want to read to you just verse 17 out of chapter 2. And it says this, Honor all people, love the brotherhood or the community of faith, Fear God and honor the king or any other outside authority in your life. Honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the king. So if you think about honor, what is real biblical honor? Really the definition just is showing respect or reverence or to esteem others. And it's about recognizing the inherent worth and dignity that everybody has because God has uniquely designed and created us, right? And so we want to take a look at what honor looks like. And so this morning, I want to give you just kind of two kind of big picture, big concepts that none of them are probably going to be like, you know, overwhelmingly shocking new truths to you. But I want to give you a couple of things that hopefully will encourage you in this area of honor. Um, as a pastor, I, I know that there are things that I would love for every person in my congregation to be involved in or to participate in. Um, and at my church, a lot of times we'll say this, we'll say, hey, we're not trying to get something from you. We're trying to get something to you. And what we mean by that is like, I'm not trying to just take more of your time or your energy or your resources, but I really believe that if you'll step into the practice or the habits, or if you'll step into the vision or the mission of some of the things that we're trying to do, I really believe that your life will be blessed because of it. And so when we talk about honor and we talk about submitting to authority and leaders in our lives. It's not necessarily that we're trying to get something from you. It's that we're trying to get principles of God's word and the blessing that follows that into you, because I really do think that it changes your lives. Because as pastors and as leaders and Jason and Andrea, and have had the opportunity to meet Katie a little bit and kind of talk with her, um, they have a heart for you. They have a passion for you in this city and this community and really want God to make a difference through you in the lives of other people. So if we're going to honor God, and that's kind of the first big thing that I want to encourage you with, just honor God. I'm going to give you some subpoints. Um, what does that look like? And so first kind of subpoint under the dynamic of honoring God is just to honor God with your worship. Just honor God with your worship. Listen to Psalms 145.3. It says, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. 
And really, worship, when it is rightfully understood, is so much more than just showing up on a Sunday morning and maybe singing some songs and raising your hands in the air. Worship is really about a lifestyle of surrendering to the Lord. And so if we're going to talk about honoring God in every facet of our lives, it's got to begin with the mandate that we become worshipers, that we are surrendering our lives to His Lordship. Romans 12.1 says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice a holy and pleasing to God, that this is your true and proper worship. The reason why it's so important that you honor God through your worship is because worship gets the focus and the attention off of you and it directs it to God. Worship allows your problems to become much smaller because you focus on the bigness and the greatness of God in your life. True worship means that I worship even when I don't feel like it. And true worship means that I'm stepping into a place where I'm aligning my heart with the heart of the Lord. Psalms 37.4 says this, Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. So as you begin the process of honoring God... Psalms 37.4 has always been a scripture that's just been really important to me in my life because as I begin to delight myself or surrender myself or come under the lordship of Jesus in my life, then he has the opportunity and the space and the margin in my life to begin to shape my desires, right? It's not that I do a few little token things for God or for the church and then God's going to give me all my desires. No, it's as I submit and I become a person of worship who is living life as a living sacrifice that God begins to shape in me desires and callings and giftings so that I can be pleasing and acceptable, right, in His sight. The other thing about worship, we honor God with your worship, is just I want to encourage you, and, and obviously you guys are here, and I've heard nothing but great stories from Pastor Jason, but encourage you in the area of just corporate worship. In a day and time when they say the average Bible-believing Christian attends church three out of eight Sundays, I want to encourage you to continue to value what you're doing on Sunday and worshiping together because it's so good just for the edification of the body of Christ to come together and worship together. Another way that we honor God is that we honor God with our stewardship. We honor God with our stewardship. This is a really big one for me. Um, because I, as a pastor, I have always felt like God is never going to send the unsaved and the unchurched and the de-churched and the overchurched to my church if I'm not a good steward of the people that God has already sent to me. And so as believers and as people who are a part of a community of faith, it's really important that we honor God in the area of stewardship. And stewardship, rightly understood from a biblical standpoint, is so much more than just the way that we handle our finances. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. He's talking about stewardship in the gifts that you have, not the monetary resources that you own. And he's saying, hey, listen, you have been gifted. You have resources. You have time and talent. And you do have treasure. And be a good steward of all of those things. So if we're going to honor God with our lives, it's really important 
that we honor God with the gifts and the things that he's given us that we're good stewards. Most of you are probably familiar with Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your wealth. So this is the, the financial piece of that, with the first fruits of all your crops. Many of us are, are, are probably familiar with the story of the rich young ruler in the New Testament who comes to Jesus and asks, hey, what do I have to do to eternal life? And Jesus says, hey, sell all that you have and follow me. I don't think Jesus was having that interaction with him because he was encouraging or wanting him to live a lifestyle of poverty and lack and want. I think Jesus was testing him about where his heart was and how he viewed his stuff. Was it his stuff or was it God's stuff? Was it his time or was it God's time? Was it his resources or was it God's resources? And so for us in the room today, myself included, we have to wrestle with the fact, am I being a good steward of all that I have? Am I being a good steward of the way that I spend my time? Am I being a good steward in the way that I'm leading my family? Am I being a good steward in the way that I'm serving in the church? Am I being a good steward with the way that I lead my employees on the work, at the workplace Monday through Friday? Am I being a good steward? And I think it's really important as a church that has a great mission that we're moving forward to be stewards of the things that God has entrusted to us. The next thing, if we're going to honor God, I want to encourage you to just honor God with your heart. Honor God with your heart. A couple weeks ago, I was having a meeting with a young man in my church, and he was struggling and wrestling with some things and some life choices and decisions that he was making that were kind of negatively affecting him. And as we were talking, I told him, I said, listen, I don't, I don't necessarily think it's, the thing is the choices, the choices are the symptoms of just a heart issue. And if you'll get your heart right, the symptoms of the heart issue will just begin to work themselves out. And so many times we try to fix the symptom without really addressing the underlying problem. And if we're going to really, really honor God, we've got to be people who honor God with our heart. We've got to get our hearts in the right place. In Matthew 22, verse 37, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. If you notice, on the things that I've given you so far this morning, there hasn't really been a list of things that you have to accomplish if you're going to honor God. I haven't said you've got to read your Bible for 30 minutes every day, that you've got to pray for 30 minutes every day, you've got to do this and you've got to do that. Because I really believe that if your heart is in the right place, man, you will want to spend time with God and you'll want to allow the time with God to shape who you are as a man or a woman of God. In my, my, I'm married. I've been married to my wife, Allison, for almost 18 years. We've got three kids, seventh grader, fourth grader, and a kindergartner. Um, and it's just full-time taxi service. I should start charging my kids, you know, Uber fees. Um, but I love my wife, and she has my heart. So my wife doesn't have to give me a list of things to do that show her that I honor her and I respect her and that she has my heart, right? She doesn't say like, hey, once a month you have to come home with flowers. Every now and then you have to wash the dishes. You have to take the trash out. You have to be semi-romantic -romantic 18 years into this thing. You know, it's like, 
because she has my heart, I'm naturally inclined to want to honor her and do the things that value her and show her that she's appreciated and loved. And they're not forced, right? Forced appreciation is just kind of like, oh, no, thanks, I guess. But when we truly honor someone when they have our heart, um, it makes a huge difference in their life and in our life. Um, the fourth thing is honoring God by honoring the leaders that God puts into your lives. Honoring God by honoring the leaders that God puts into your life. Um, I've been serving at my church where I currently am for about 15 years, almost 15 years. And I came to a particular church. I was kind of young and inexperienced, and, but had a previous relationship with my lead pastor that I served with. And, and uh, for some reason, he chose to, to take a stab in the dark at, at me to come and be on his staff and be on his team. And um, I, I tell the story often, and especially when I'm talking to young pastors and young leaders um, asking for advice, and I will encourage them to say, hey, make sure that you find somebody, you know, that you're going to, if you're going to be on staff with someone, you're going to serve alongside of someone. Make sure it's someone that you can really, really, like, honor them. You can be loyal to them, and you can serve alongside of them. And I can remember I had been serving on staff with my pastor for maybe a week and a half, two weeks. And I can remember exactly where we were at in the car, and we were driving to lunch, and it was just the two of us. And we had kind of gotten through that first week and a half, two weeks of like kind of figuring out what work details looked like and what kind of the midweek stuff looks like. And he was getting to know me a little bit better. I was getting to know him a little bit better. And it's all still really, really new. And uh, we were on our way to lunch this particular day, and, and I told him, I said, Pastor Stan, I just want you to know um, that I will be loyal to you and honor you to a fault, short of just moral failure or something crazy, but I'll still do my best to be honoring to you through all of that, if, if that word ever happened. Um, and I, will, I want you to know that if you ever hear of me saying anything negatively about you in public, that it's a lie because I am going to give you my word that I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be honoring to you. And I can honestly say that I have really lived my life in that way um, because I see him as a spiritual leader in my life. And he is a person of spiritual authority. And he is as much my best friend as he is my boss and my spiritual father. And I really think that some of the blessing of God on my life now is because of the way in which that I have served him faithfully. Because I recognize that God has put him into my life for this particular season. And I'm a firm believer that sometimes honor can open doors for you that gifting can never open for you. That when you serve faithfully and you honor those people that God has put into your life, man, that he can open doors that would never be opened otherwise. Listen to these two verses. Romans chapter 13 verse 1 says, Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. So listen, that doesn't just mean Pastor Jason and Andrea and, and, and Pastor Katie. Paul is talking to the church, the Christians in Rome who are being persecuted, and he says, hey, listen, I want you to be subject to the governing authorities, the people that are around you. So that means for us, if we're going to honor God, that we have to honor the authorities that are put into our lives. So that means in the workplace, that means at church, 
If you're a student, that means in the classroom or, or, or wherever that may be. That might mean the person that gets behind you and turns the blue lights on and you've got to kind of pull over to the side of the road and they always ask you the question, do you know why I pulled you over? I want to be like, no, I don't. You pulled me over, why don't you tell me? But I don't say that. I try to be honoring. Um, but Paul admonishes us to be honoring to all authority. Says the authorities that exist have been established by God. Now think about that for a second. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Paul is writing this to Christians in a pagan culture. The authorities around you that are persecuting you to a certain degree have been established by God. So no matter which way you vote and no matter who is in office, God has allowed those people to be in that position. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to agree with everything that they do or every policy that they put into place, but it does mean that we honor people in authority in our lives. And I really think that's part of you know, some of the issues with the social climate and the political climate in the world today is because we just don't have any more natural honor towards people of authority in general. And so the breakdown of conversation and the breakdown of just being respectful um, or being, we're disrespectful, and it just creates so much tension. Honoring God by honoring the leaders that God puts in your life. So you guys as a church are about to step into a season of some renovation. You're about to step into a season where you are beginning to transform what this church looks like. There are plans for the future that the staff and the lead team of the church have. And the reality of it, of it is, is that before you probably ever hear about it, it's been prayed over. It's been fasted about. It's been like wrestled with, is this the best thing for Hope City? Is this the best thing for our church right now in this season? And so as you get ready to step into a place where Pastor Jason and Andrea are leading you into a, to a place of, hey, we're getting ready to go after our city and we're going to go after people in our community and we're committed to South Louisville to make a difference and honor the vision that God has given the leaders in your life. So if you're going to honor God by honoring the leaders that he puts in your life, I, I want you to honor your pastor. And so for the next couple moments, I want to talk to you about what that looks like to honor your pastor. And I, I think we honor our pastor by a lot of different ways. You show appreciation, you pray for them. Um, but there's a couple things that I want to really, really encourage you with this morning. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 12 and 13 says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters... To acknowledge those who work hard among you, who care for you in the Lord, and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. 1 Timothy 5.17, The elders who direct the affairs of the church well are worthy of double honor, especially those who work, whose work is preaching and teaching. So the Bible is really clear. We're supposed to honor the leaders of the church. We're supposed to honor those people. And you know, Jesus always talks in the New Testament about the coming of the kingdom of God. He never really talks about the coming democracy of God. He always talks about the coming kingdom of God because he's going to appoint leaders to govern in places where he establishes communities of faith. 
And so as believers, it's really important that we come into alignment with leaders in our lives. And you have some amazing leaders in your lives and some people who lead well and lead with excellence. So if you're going to honor your pastors, I want to give you a couple things this morning and then I'll be done and we can go tailgate and have a party, celebrate Louisville's big win last night. All right. You guys have not shouted over one scripture and talk about a football game and we get excited. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. All right. So if you're going to honor your pastor, a couple of things that I want to encourage you to do. The first one is to find your place of ministry. Find your place of ministry. Listen to what Paul says to the church in Ephesus, chapter 2, verse 10. He says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. We are God's handiwork. That means that every single one of you sitting in the room, every single individual that was in the first service, that God uniquely created you exactly the way that he wants you. Some translations will actually say that you are God's masterpiece. That he made you to be exactly what he wanted you to do because he has a specific work for you to do. And he's already prepared that work for you before you ever took your first breath on this earth. That God has a work for you. When you think about church, like Pastor Jason, Pastor Andrea, Pastor Katie, the other staff here at the church, like they don't make church happen on Sundays if it's not for an amazing group of leaders and volunteers and team members who are serving with excellence in a lot of different areas of the church. You're gifted, you're talented. Find a place of serving and ministry. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 says, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. You see, you're gifted to make a difference. Because there are places of ministry that only you can make a, an impact in. And I'd like to tell our people, so I, I, I still do the first week of our assimilation process, which is, I guess, kind of close to what you guys call Hope You. Get people plugged into the church and finding places of ministry. And I, and I love to tell my, the people that are going through that at our church, like, if you will go through the process and you'll find a place of ministry and you'll really kind of discover spiritual gifts in those places where God has called you, I'm a firm believer that your Monday through Saturday will make way more sense and you will love showing up on Sunday and you'll love doing those things because you'll realize that, man, I'm living in a place where I'm operating out of my gift and I'm showing up on Sunday to make a difference in the lives of other people. So find a place of ministry. Second thing is this, is just honor your commitments. Honor your commitments. As you get ready to step into a season of some renovation and maybe some work and, and got a new vision about you know, living lives where you live better lives and lead better families and build a better city, there's probably going to be some seasons or some opportunities for you to make some commitments to things. And I'm not necessarily just talking about financial commitments, but I'm talking about maybe things like being in a small group. Because there are things that only will transpire in a small group and spiritual growth that will happen in your life in a small group that will never happen in the context of a large setting. And you're going to be asked to be involved and be in some of those things and honor those commitments. You might be asked to 
come over and serve on a work day. Honor those commitments. Whatever the things that you commit to, make sure that those things happen. You know, as, as pastors, when people make commitments and they follow through, man, it is a huge encouragement to us. Huge encouragement as pastors. Because here's a couple things that it does. It helps us realize that we're not rowing alone. It helps us realize that we're not the only person who is carrying the God-given vision of the house. It helps us realize that there are people alongside of us who are wanting to live better lives and build better families and make a difference and make an impact in the city that we call home. And so I want to encourage you that, man, be an encourager in the way that you follow through on the things that you commit yourselves to. When I was... Um, several, it's been several years back, um, but me and my wife were kind of going through just some stuff um, and had been in a season of praying and fasting and, and just really felt like God was like kind of hung me out to dry on some stuff. And it was kind of, you ever get to that place where you're like kind of angry at God? You're like, God, you listening? Are you anywhere around? Um, and I was having one of those moments, and I can remember I was in my living room late at night. Allie was already in bed asleep, and I'm laying on my stomach, face down, praying. And I remember saying these words. I said, God, I have never not been faithful to you, which I would recommend you never say to God because it's like the open door for the smack on the head. And as soon as those words got out of my mouth, it was almost like God said, oh, by the way, you, you haven't always been faithful. Do you remember the time when you were a college student and you made a $1,000 pledge to the building fund at your home church? I'm like, oh God, I'm sorry, I didn't mean that, you know. Um, but it was God reminding me that, no, you, you, you haven't always been faithful. I have always been faithful. But there are seasons in your life where you haven't been faithful, and I want you to remember to honor your commitments. So what I did, I woke up the next morning, I didn't tell my wife, um, and I got in the car and I drove about an hour up the road to the home church that I grew up in. I walked in, saw my pastor, had a $1,000 check for him, and I said, I know the building has already been built. This is years late. I hope you haven't been accruing interest on it. Um, but here's a here's $1,000, and this is what God has told me to do. And it was a reminder for me, a couple things. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. It's okay to say no, I can't do something, but if you say yes to something, Honor your yes. And as you're moving towards something in your church, as you're moving towards big vision, as you're moving towards building a better city, as you're moving towards impacting South Louisville in a way that two, three years ago you never thought was possible, honor those commitments and be faithful and true to the things that God has called you to do. The last thing I want to encourage you with, and band can come on back up here, is just to... Serve with excellence. To serve with excellence. We have a saying around our, our church, and, and I encourage people with this when they're going through our assimilation process, and it's not unique to us. I didn't come up with it. But we say that excellence honors God, and it inspires people. That excellence honors God, and it inspires people. And so as you continue to get to a place where Man, your, your church is moving in the direction of the vision that has been set forth by the, the pastors and the lead team. Let me encourage you to serve with excellence. Colossians 3, 23 and 24 says, Whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as working for the Lord, 
not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ that you are serving. Serve with excellence. There are some of you in the room that you need to find your place of ministry. And you need to get to a place where you're serving with excellence. Because if you're serving in the nursery and you're holding a baby, you're not just babysitting a child, man. You are praying over that next giant killer. You're praying over the next Esther who is going to step into a season that is such a time as this. If you're serving in student ministry, I mean, you're not just going on retreats and camps and doing all those kind of crazy things. You're shaping the next generation of church leaders. And when you're standing on the stage and you're leading worship like this praise team does with excellence, they're not just entertaining you, they're leading you into worship. When you show up to serve, do it with excellence because it honors God and it inspires people. And when you do that and you do that consistently and you, you march in a direction that has been set by the leadership and you say, listen, we are committed to the God-given vision for this house and we're going to do it to the best of our ability. I can guarantee you that people are going to show up and people are going to come and people are going to say, you know what, there is something different about Hope City Church. There's something different about the people that call that place home. There's something different about the way that they serve. There's something different about the way that I felt when I walked in the door. Because, man, there are a group of people who honor God and there are a group of people that honor others and they are committed to the house and they serve with excellence. They're committed to ministry and making a difference in the lives of other people. And when you do that, I really, really, really believe that when you do those things, that you'll get to a place in ministry and in the church where you really are shaping better lives and you're building better families and you're building a better city. And God's going to do it through your hands. And God's put some leaders in your life to help give some direction. But you guys are the ones that are going to make a big difference. And we honor God and we honor our leaders when we do all those things together. Can I pray with you this morning?